I don't know. Um, I think this. I think um, one of the things about being a Christian is that you get to actually test and 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 explore what is really right, what is really wrong. You know, before I got saved, who knew what was right and wrong? I did what my friends did, didn't you? Um, you know, it's it's based on society, it's based on the day that we live. Well, let me tell you, um, when it comes to some of the problems that people are having and questions, there's an answer in the Bible. Now, I don't have all the answers. There's some things I struggle with. Uh, Dean and I have delved in issues and things. You raise five kids, you've got 500 questions. So, and you get about a third of them answered, but they're in there. And, uh, it's really, uh, it really helps the heart to know, thus saith the Lord. So, we're talking about gambling, and I pointed you to a scripture last week that is the key scripture. Well, there are two key scriptures. This one, 1 Timothy 6.10, and Luke chapter 12, which says, beware of covetousness. Those two verses hammer away at this sin of gambling. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after. What are they doing? They're coveting after what? After money. Some coveted after they have erred from the faith. So the moment that you begin to seek after money, what have you gotten off of? A path, a journey of faith. And you end up piercing themselves through with how many? Untold number of sorrows. So here uh, uh, is yeah, the question is, is gambling sinful and wrong? Some people think it's a har- bit of harmless fun. Um, when somebody... You know, is talking about gambling. I'm, I'm so I'm amazed at how many people can't just put their finger on what is gambling. Uh, basically, gambling is any uh, uh, is 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 leaving to luck what you should trust to the Lord. It's leaving to luck what you should trust to the Lord. Christians should trust in the providence of God and never in chance, because who's in control of chance? Believe me. If you're not looking to God, the devil will supply your need. And believe me, he can do a good job at it. He is the God of this world. He looked at Jesus Christ and he said, all these will I give unto you if you will just bow down to me. He has the power to grant you every wish. So be careful what you, what you strive for. And it is a waste of money, by the way. We'll talk about it. Popularity, gambling is everywhere. Doesn't matter whether you're an American Powerball or Euro Millions or scratch cards or on your iPads and, and internets going uh, online um, uh, poker and casino, uh, horse racing, um, uh, dog racing, uh, going into the Paddy Power and Ladbrokes. It is incredibly popular. Uh, now, um, there are wicked things that go along with gambling. I don't know of anything good that goes along with gambling. They'll tell you that, oh, we're... We're, um, uh, uh, um, so many percentage of the, of the profits that come in off of gambling goes to charities. Well, I have not found that to be true. I know they go to fund school situations, but how many of you have seen the cost of, of education drop? You haven't. Uh, there may be, there may be some things that, that the, uh, the, um, Euro Millions or the National Lottery says we help build this. But they, they, it's not like people thought that there was just going to be loads and loads of money. Uh, as a matter of fact, I found that the things that go along with gambling are materialism. How many of you ever hear of a woman named Madonna? She came out with a song years ago. She says, I'm a material girl in a material world. Now, she was preaching doctrine there. That's all she believes in. And she's a Jew, by the way. Here's Madonna saying, I am all I am, and I live in all there is. So let's get what we got before we die. That was her mantra. And that is the mantra of everybody else. They go, man, I, if I don't, if I don't win a lot of money before I die, how am I ever going to be happy? Gambling produces greed, discontent, reliance on chance instead of reliance on God's providence and hard work. Things that go along with gambling include seeking to gain from the loss of others. Can you imagine? Here I am. I'm a little bored. Stand up here for a second here. Uh, Dean, I'm a little bored, so do you mind walking this way for a second? And I say, I'm going to trip Dean. Now, go ahead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I want to laugh at his expense. Bam, he's down on the floor. <laughs> that made my day. Thank you very much. Thank you. you can use it. Now, you say, that's terrible. Gambling does the exact same thing. Your blessing is based on somebody else's loss. You see, that's what gambling 
breathes in us a, look what I won! And look at the millions who lost. Exploitation by the government? Believe me, uh, the government loves gambling because they don't ever lose with your lottery ticket. Uh, they, they exploit you. They're only take, it is what's called a voluntary tax. You're voluntarily giving the money to the government, whereas you would never do that on your tax form. And poverty. As I said last week, poor people gamble the most. Isn't that a shame? I wish, uh, I wish somebody like, uh, Bill Gates or Soros, whatever that guy, guy's name, Soros, uh, who, who basically owns the world and everything. I wish he would gamble in some of his money. But they don't. You know why they don't? Because they know they'll lose it. It's the poor who gamble the most and they, they lose the most. Laziness. You know, who needs to work when you're going to win the ticket? I mean, my ship's coming in. And ultimately, instead of you giving money to the poor and giving to charity, you're throwing it into somebody else's lap. You're putting it into lottery. So, God shows us the principles of the biblical management of risk. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, much of life is risky. Just driving to church is risky. Buying a house is risky. You're counting on your job just being there on Monday instead of being let go. Gambling with your money is very risky business. You don't gamble with it. The Alato ad will tell you it could be you. But as I said last week, what they should say is it probably won't be. Popular slogan promoting lottery says this, millions won weekly. But it fails to tell you, fails to tell you the other side of the story, countless millions lost weekly. That's what they should say. Countless millions of suckers lost money this past week. <laughs> Not to mention the ruined lives, the broken homes, the hungry children, and the accompanying rise in organized crime, prostitution, and theft that go along with gambling. What does the Bible say about this matter? What does the Bible say? Well, let me tell you, uh, uh, when, when the Bible starts to talk about money, believe me, it has one track. It is God and hard work. It has, it has this focus on, there's no room for luck. Now what the world wants you to see is that you, it could be you, you could win. But as I said last week again, they don't build cities like Las Vegas on winners. They build it off of suckers who thought they were going to win and yet they lost. And so, that's not, these aren't people giving away money to help the poor. They're takers and they're, they're, they're breeders of greed. Now, it is some people's business. We talked last week about that there are some people are supposed to take risks with other people's money. There was a, there was a wealthy man and he gave three sets of financial gifts to three different people. One had five talents of gold, one had two talents, one had one, and he sent them off and he says, I'm making you responsible for my money to make money with. I'll see you in a year. And they were supposed to invest that money. It was a little bit risky, but they were managing risks and they were investing in other people working, not in chance and not in lotteries, by the way. So it is some people's business take risks. Everything, we talked again, I'm just going over a review. Everything we have, we got from God, and you know what What a risk he took giving it to us? He's expecting us to invest what he's given to us in good things and then to return a, a profit back to him. That's what we are. We are the ones who've been given based on our ability, maybe five, maybe two, maybe one, doesn't, doesn't matter what it is, we're supposed to be faithful and say, Lord, I'm going to bear fruit. I want something that honors you. Now, <clears throat> it is not wrong to get a lot of money. And if you ever get a lot of money, please call me. Because I want to buy a building. Anyway, um, uh, it is not wrong to get a lot of money. There, uh, as a matter of fact, there are a lot of people in your Bible that had a lot of money. Name somebody. Job. Who else? Solomon. Abraham. David. Um, it's not wrong to get a lot of money. You may inherit it. You may come up with an innovation. You may come up with a, you know, a invention that makes a lot of money. Praise God. Amen. But the problem is not getting a lot of money. The problem is loving money. First Timothy 6.10 says the love of money is the root of all evil. So, we ended last week with the Bible being full of warnings of covetousness. And Jesus himself says, beware, beware of covetousness. If there was a, if there was a, a murderer, with a shotgun, 
or a, with a sniper rifle out on the N-22. And uh, on the radio it says, don't drive the N-22 to McCrew. Is N-22 or is N-25? I can't remember now anymore. N-22. So you hear, there's a sniper on the N-22. He's got a gun. He's pointing in both directions. How would you feel? You go, I'm not taking the N-22, would you? I'm going to take the back roads. Here's the point. If Jesus says, beware of covetous, it's just as serious as a sniper. He says, beware of something taking hold of you so that you live for the love of money. So, <clears throat> let's talk about some things, all right? First of all, let me say this. Gambling in the Bible was always wrong. Gambling in the Bible was always wrong. Gambling is squandering your money by betting, throwing it away into somebody else's pockets. As a matter of fact, the other person's pockets is a crook. Uh, it's when you when you seek to make fast money by taking risks instead of by working for it. Um, only the exam the um, the uh, it's when you when you base your 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 risk on chance and not on hard work. Will you, like I said, taking risks instead of working for it? And it's trusting in luck. You ever hear anybody say good luck? Instead of in the God of heaven. Now, the only example of the Bible of wagering for goods was found when the soldiers gambled for the clothes of Jesus. Go to Matthew chapter 27. Matthew 27 and verse 35. And they crucified him. Matthew 27, 35. And they crucified him. And they parted his garments, casting lots, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. They parted my garments among them. And upon my vesture, they did cast lots. So there they were. Only thing that Jesus Christ owned was his was the clothes on his back. And what did they do? They took a gamble. Who's going to win this? And they, 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 they gambled on somebody else's possession. Now, that was, that's not our example of what we should do for anybody. This is, this is not an example of what, how anybody's supposed to live. It's how the soldiers decided, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll gamble over who's going to get his clothes. Now, you don't find gambling that much in the Bible, as a matter of fact, and it's because everyone knew it was wrong. It was stupid. You just don't find it there. You say, where's in the Bible where it's there? It's in there, but it's not like it is today. Today, you get away from the Bible, and all people look for is luck. And they live for chance. Sometimes, when people were not sure how to make a choice, they did something called they cast lots. Now, we say, we say, maybe when you were a kid, what did you do when you didn't know what to do? When you had a choice between um, uh, uh, eating a scone, or uh, a bar of ice cream, or a, a chocolate bar. Now, when I was a kid, you'd eat all three. But if you had a choice, what did you do? You went, eeny, meeny, miny, mo, catch a tiger by his toe. Remember that? Oh, all this. Oh, we're all going back in time, aren't we? All right. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Oh, chocolate bar. Hallelujah. All right. <laughs> well, it's also, you know, we'll flip for it. We'll flip for it. Here you go. Heads or hearts. And, and, and that's, that's where you say, what do we decide? When, uh, who gets to start the, the, the game? You flip for it. Now, uh, in, in the old times, they would cast lots. Now, what that meant was you'd put the options, what you're about to decide onto, onto some stones, and you'd put it into a bag, and then you would reach into the bag and pull out the one, and that was the, your choice. You are casting the lot of choices, all the choices in there, and you're picking one, and you're just grabbing it blindly, and then you go, oh, so the one that has an option, the chocolate bar, you pull that one, that is it. The closest thing we have to it is when somebody draws straws. Did you ever do that when you were a child? You'd have a bit of sticks or popsicle sticks uh, or a bit of straw, and one of them would be short, and you'd say, all right, you draw and he would have to pull, and if it was a long one, uh -huh, and he would get the long one, and she would get the short one, and she was the one that was out. That is the closest we have to drawing straws. Now, Haman cast lots to decide when the best time to kill off all the Jews was. So he, he had men constantly 
They laid out all the 12 months of the year, and they would draw months, and the one month that kept coming up was the month that they decided they were going to kill all the Jews. That's how they cast lots. Peter cast lots to find out God's will for Judas' replacement. Remember, they're up in the upper room. Judas is dead. They have 11 apostles. They're supposed to be 12. They need to replace him. Did they wait on God? What did they do? He said, uh, I'm going to put these. We've got two guys here, and we're going to put their names on two stones. Or maybe they had two straws. One of them was Matthias. The other one, I forget the other guy's name. And uh, said, whoever gets the short straw gets to be the next apostle. Is that the way you make a choice as a Christian? No. No. Who was God's choice? Who was Jesus' choice for the 12th apostle? Paul, not Matthias. Peter cast lots to find out. He said, we don't know what to do, so we'll cast lots. Joshua, when he had halfway through conquering the promised land, he sat down and he cast lots again. He said, all right, we're on the northern section here next to the Sea of, uh, sea of Galilee. Reach in there, pulls out Zebulun. You get to go there. And then he reached in and he just did it by chance so that nobody could see that it was rigged. But he drew lots in order to divide up the land of the 12 tribes. When they didn't know what to do, they would draw it. Was that gambling? No. It was not gambling. It was just, we don't know what to do, so we'll draw straws. Gambling is an insult to God. Just straight on. Philippians 4.19, who can quote it for me? My God shall supply all our need. Amen. And gambling is an insult to God. If God's going to supply all your need, what are you looking to the, to, what are you looking to welfare for? What are you looking to, um, um, uh, Ladbrokes or, or Patty Power or to the horse races or, or, uh, dog races or to, um, uh, Lucky Seven poker on, on, on your iPad or whatever when God's going to take care of you? God will see to it that his children will have what in what things? Sufficiency in all things. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 9, 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that ye having all sufficiency in all things, all sufficiency, what does that mean? It'll be sufficient. It'll be enough. It'll always be enough with God. It may not be more. It may not be what you want, but it will always be all you need. Hey, if you're turning to gambling to get some money, is that not an insult to God? Amen. Christian, you need to realize that your life and your destiny are in Luck's hands, right? Lady Luck has my number. No, she doesn't. Look at Psalm twenty, uh, Psalm 37. Psalm 37. Let's see, Dean, I'll go ahead and have you read. I've been wanting to have everybody read in a long time. Let's do that. Psalm 37, verse 23. And Brother uh, Andrew, you'll read Romans 8, 28. Romans 37, 23. First off. All right. You think the Lord would, would direct your steps down to a pub? You think the Lord would direct your steps down to a disco? You think the Lord would direct your steps down to a, to a lottery office for you to pay off 10 euros for some lottery tickets? Do you think the Lord would direct? No, he wouldn't. That's not how God supplies your need. How does God ask you to get, get money? Work for it. All right. Um, Romans 8.28, Andrew. Amen, amen. Your life and your destiny are in God's hands. That's a good thing. You know, you ought to be able to go to sleep and go, thank you, Lord, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it there. You take care of things. I'll pick it up in the morning. <laughs> God will take care of you. Um, when we gamble, we're in effect saying to the Lord, I don't think you can take care of me. I don't think you'll keep your promise to take care of me. So I've got to go and do this in order to take care of my needs, huh? 
Well, that's, yeah, that's called greed, amen. But I'm not, I haven't gotten to the greed yet. Gambling is an insult to God. It is a mockery, and nobody likes to be mocked. You better realize, we mock God. God is not mocked, folks. And yet, if you go and buy lottery tickets, you say, I bought a lottery ticket. Is that the unpardonable sin? No. It's not the unpardonable sin. But it can become a huge addiction where prayer ought to be our addiction. Where dependence upon God and hard work make the difference in your life. Next thing. Gambling is spiritually dangerous. It is spiritually dangerous. Folks, uh, gambling is a sin that has destroyed many people. Proverbs 11, 28. Go to Proverbs chapter 11, verse 28, uh, Jennifer. So what's the fill-in here? Yes. All right, that's dangerous. Somebody say, well, so-and-so, they fell away. So-and-so, they had a falling out. That's not a good thing. Not a good thing at all. As a matter of fact, my biggest, my biggest worry about modern Christianity, you're talking about people getting saved, I'm worried about those who are saved. And I'm wondering, what's happening? The Bible says there shall be a great falling away. I don't want to be a part of it. I don't want us be in step with people falling out. You know how you fall away? You trust in riches. You're looking for money. You're loving money. But if you stay right, you walk with Christ, you have no two pennies put together, you'll flourish. You'll flourish like a branch, like these trees, our apple trees are already putting out buds, man. They're more confused than a, than a cat in a yo-yo. They are, they are, this, these, you look at the daffodils, I mean, they're flourishing, man. That's how Christians ought to be. We're out of step. First Timothy 6 9, let's go to First Timothy 6 9. And, uh, Marianne, would you read that, please? First Timothy 6 9 instructs those who would be rich, that is, they want riches above all else, that the danger before them is all serious. First Timothy 6 9. All right. Now, nothing wrong to be successful. You know the difference between being successful and rich? You know what the difference is? One of them is, has their focus on money, the other one has a focus on accomplishment. Uh, somebody tries to climb a mountain. That's a good thing. Climb a mountain, uh, build a house up there. I don't know. Plant a flag up there. Try to get to the moon. Try to try to uh, make something that 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 uh, cleans water or whatever. There's they got this. They got something that invented about ten years ago. Right now, it's it's everywhere. It's one of these uh, filters. You pull you pull it in swill. You drop it into sewage water and you pull it out and you plunge it and then it pours out clean clean water. It's got these nanofibers. Somebody invented that about 10 years ago. Now it's everywhere, all over the, uh, 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 the, the worst places where you can't get water. So a person can carry this bottle, costs about 20 euros, and they can drink anytime, anywhere, any water. Somebody invented that. You say, would it be wrong for that person to get 100 million euros for it? Not a problem. Amen. Thank God for it. Um, it's when you, see, one of them is trying to accomplish something, the other one just wants the money. Which one do you want? Gambling is spiritually dangerous because you want the money. You're not accomplishing anything. You're getting something at other people's expense. Gambling is basically selfish. Why is it wrong? Because it's basically selfish. You're talking about greed, Nita. It seeks prosperity at the expense of others. What's the motivating cause of gambling? Greed. Where did the funds for the Euro million jackpot come from? Stealing. It's called stealing with style. <laughs> it's convincing you to give me money, and 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 then you give me money, and uh, out of all of those people who gave me money, I'm going to give thirty percent of it back to one person. Can you imagine anything more crazy? And yet people do it and say, well, the chance is, if, if, if I just put in five euros, I might go home with 5,000. See, you're believing in chance, 
and you're not believing in God anymore. Does it happen? Of course people win. Of course people walk away with a new car. You know, it's crazy. But the Bible says, thou shalt not steal. You know, when you gamble, you don't gamble to lose. Uh, what, you, what you care about is gain. What you care about is, is getting. And that, what are you getting it from? You're getting it from people. If I went, if I said, you know, I want 100 euros tonight, so give me five. I'm serious. No, I'm not. Give me five. <laughs> he was not moving. <laughs> give me five. 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 You, each of you give me five and I can walk away with a hundred euros. Hallelujah. Amen. That's what I want. But you wouldn't do that, would you? Gambling is convincing you to give me, or at least to give a person of us five euros each and they walk away with a hundred euros. But it's stealing because that person who won it didn't earn it, did they? See, if you didn't earn it, you're on that line where you wonder, is it steal or not? And, and the reason why you may inherit something, your parents may have earned something and they gave you that, that's okay. It's kind of dangerous too because you never do right when it wasn't yours to begin with. But when you take what you didn't earn, it is stealing, is it not? Amen. The Bible says, thou shalt not steal. It is selfish. Why, was, why does a person normally steal? Greedy, selfish. They think of themselves. They see somebody and, and they're wearing a nice watch and they go, I want that watch. You don't deserve that watch. So they steal it. 1 Timothy 6.10 does not teach that money is a problem, but the problem is what? The love of it. God's principle of gain is two points. How do you get money? Number one, you work. There is work before wealth in God's kingdom. And there is sowing before reaping. If I just went out into a field, and I just look at all this corn, oh, corn, 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 I got my corn. Oh, I'm a happy camper. Where did I get the corn? I reaped it from somebody else. I stole it. Gambling is you reaping what you did not work for. And if the Bible says if you want to reap, you must first yourself sow. Amen. Don't gamble. Does that make sense? Anybody with me? Am I lost you? Are you all right? All right. It's not that complicated. Gambling violates God's natural law because the gambler seeks to reap what others have sown. Don't participate in it. Gambling often is just plain superstition. It's just flat out. Often you hear somebody talking about my lucky numbers. Oh, I've got a lucky system. Oh, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Look at Isaiah 47. And Shanaz, would you read Isaiah 47? Verse 12 and 13. 47 verses 12 and 13. Hold. Enchantments, sorceries, Think of uh, Harry Potter, all the magic tricks, all the things that he can do by casting spells. So stand up here, show me your spells, God says. Keep going. Keep going. Stargazers. Prognosticators. Yeah, good word. All right. So God, look at that. When you're crossing your fingers, when you're counting on your lucky stars and you're counting on good luck, God says, listen, one of these days you're going to stand before me and they won't help you at all. I will bring judgment into your life, condemnation. You have lived a life of selfishness, and you will reap for that. And when that happens, bring forth a prognosticator is a prophet. It's somebody sitting down and telling you your future. Let me see your palm. Oh, I see on this dark line. Oh, look at that. There's a, there's a gap there telling you there is some money coming your way. <laughs> a prognosticator 
somebody who every month can tell you, that's what we call horoscopes, H-O-R-R-O-R, scopes. Um, and, and you don't, you don't, listen, God says, when, when push comes to self and you're in trouble with me, look to them and see if they'll help you because they won't help you at all. Um, Romans 8.28 says, let's see, do you know the verse, uh, Dermot? All things work together for? If you don't know, look it up. Let's go to Romans 8.28. We just read it, but let's do it again. Romans So what's the fill-in? Yes, sir. All right. So if I am having a bad day, bad month, bad year, running out of money, running into the hole, everything going wrong, and if I'm trusting God, if I'm loving God, if I'm just obeying God, if I'm just staying the narrow way, if I'm just following Jesus Christ, God will, he promises to work all things together for good. And that's better. That's better than anything the world can offer. You see, if you're looking for good from any other place, you're too superstitious, Paul says. According to 1 Peter 5, 7, you are to be casting blank your blank upon blank. What is that? What does that fill in there, uh, Judith? Go to 1 Peter 5, 7. These are good verses to know. 1 Peter 5, 7. So do your fill-ins. All your care upon him. So there's no room for me to have to turn to luck if I, all I need is to turn to him, amen? And you know, if he doesn't seem to supply my need, then he's still going to be good to me. He's still going to take care of me, amen? You see, superstition is when I rely on anything other than Jesus Christ. In the Old Testament, it's called idolatry when you're counting on something. That's why covetousness is idolatry, because you are looking for the supply from somewhere else than the Lord. One word that needs to disappear from the Christian's vocabulary is, say it with me, but it's got to get out of your vocabulary, so don't ever say it again. <laughs> don't ever say, good luck, pastor, I'll slap you. <laughs> Think about it. I don't want luck. He plays no part in God's loving and providential care for his own. And I'm dead serious. The Bible's so serious. It says, we ought to be so out of step with the world. I don't care if everybody in Cork buys a, a, a Euro Millions ticket. I don't care if it's going to one billion euros. I don't care. We as Christians ought to not even pay attention to that. You say, but we might win. I know you might. Is that how you want to live? Is that what you want to pass on to your kids? Kids, you don't need to trust God. You just need to play Euro Millions. That's all you'll be telling them. Don't ever tell. Don't say, good luck, Dennis. Good luck, Nathan. Don't ever say that. What do we say? God bless you. God go with you. God keep you. That's what you, that's what you do. Now, you need to get money the only the right way. You know, if you'll get money the right way, there's no room for luck in it. You know the first way you need to do it? Hard work. Oh, I knew you were going to say that, Pastor. Acts 2035. Acts 2035. Dina, please. Wow. So, um, he proved he was an example of, what's the word there? Laboring. And why did he labor? Yeah. He worked to help out others. 
That's why, that's, listen, if you want the blessings of God, if you want success, you work hard. Listen to Proverbs chapter 13, 11. I'll just go there real quick for time. It says this, wealth gotten by vanity, selfishly, greedily, shall be diminished. But he that gathereth by labor shall increase. That's what, that's what the Christian believes. Secondly, you want to get money the right way? Tithe. So I got 200 euros this week. What's your tithe? Five euros, right? What's the tithe off of 200 euros? 20 euros. You know, if you want, if you want God to bless your finances as little as they are, the way he blesses them is where you honor and obey him. And that means you saying, you know, Lord, I got 200 euros. 20 is yours. First off, before I even tell, pay the ESB, I pay you. You know, you, if you work hard and then tithe off of your income first, the rest of it will stretch. How many of you had one of those toys? I was gonna, I was gonna try to find one. One of those toys that you grabbed it and you stretched it. Remember those toys? It, it was an elastic guy. Huh? Stretch Armstrong. That was him. Well, we got stretch euros in our house. <laughs> you just, you could just stretch. But the only way you'll be able to claim those stretch days is if you put God first. That's why we tie. So you work hard, then you put God first. Third, you bless the poor. You don't tie. You actually don't close your ears to the problems of other people. You say, you know, Lord, I, I need the 90%, but here's somebody else who needs it more. I'll give, I'll give to the poor. I'll give it unreservedly. I'll just, I'll just, Sometimes you got to take somebody for a sandwich. Sometimes you just give money away. Sometimes you put money into missions. Faith promise is you taking care. They can't. They can't work in their different places over there. You're 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 just giving money away. And God says you be a giver, and God will give you back. What is Luke six thirty eight says? Give, and it shall be given back unto you. Say before you ever make a penny, you've made one hundred percent here. You already gave away 10% there. Give some more money away. What are you doing? You're trusting God. You haven't bought a lottery ticket yet. Fourth, spend frugally. You know what frugal is, don't you? It's not a friend down at school. What's, a, what's frugal mean? Dennis, what's frugally? Be cute with it. I haven't heard that before. I'm cute with my money today. <laughs> that is unusual. Let's see, uh, Dina, what's frugal mean? Carefully. Spend it, not just haphazardly. You know, you go into, listen, the worst thing to do is go to an ATM and get 50 euros out, man. It just needs two days and it's gone, amen? Get 10 euros out a day. <laughs> Make yourself live on a budget. Spend wisely. Go to Proverbs 21, 20. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 20. I'm telling you, you learn God's method of dealing with money, you won't have any money left to put on a ticket for gambling. What's wrong? Wait a minute. Proverbs 21.20. Don't you tell me I'm wrong. I have been so careful. Proverbs 21.20. What am I looking for? 21. Oh, you're wrong. It's not me this time. Thank the Lord. All right. <clears throat> Proverbs 21.20. Let's see. Tony, if you'll read that, please. So if at the end of every month you spend all your money, you have not been frugal. Amen? So how do you make money? You don't spend it. <laughs> you've worked for it, you've tithed, you've given some money away, and then you're careful about how you spend your money. You can't buy Magnum bars anymore. you got to buy ice burgers. <laughs> or what? What would you say? Or... <laughs> You know, there, there is a time for a splurge, and then there's a time where all you do is splurge. You got, if you need money, be frugal. Spend it wisely. Number five, save back some money. How do you spend your money? Don't spend it all. Put some back away. Don't spend all your money. Put it away for you. What is the next government going to do? You know what they're going to do? They're going to spend all the money. That's what they do. Governments spend money. They say, we're creating jobs. They don't create a single job. We create jobs. People make jobs. Governments spend money. 
I vote that the government spends less, don't you? I vote they actually pay off the debt and start saving for when the economy collapses. Number six, pay your bills. You don't, you don't save back money and then ignore your bills. No, get and stay out of debt. Owe no man anything. Romans 13.8 says, no, owe no man anything but to love them. That's the only thing you owe to other people. Number seven, trust God. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, who can quote that? Go ahead, Nita. Amen, amen. So you trust God. You say, Pastor, I've worked hard, I've tithed, I give to, to missions, I give when I see a situation, I give towards that. I, I'm careful with how I spend my money. I actually save back some money. I, 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 I'm paying all of my bills and I've got nothing left over. That's when you trust God. You don't turn to a lottery ticket. You trust God and you leave the results to Him. And believe me, the blessing of the Lord, it's the best one. Let God take care of you. And He will. He promised to. There's no room for living by luck when you do it God's way. You can't beat that way. Now, to get money any other way, to get a million euros. There's not a person in this room who didn't wish they could just have a million euros dropped off at their front porch. Amen? I mean, here goes Dean. He pops out of the car. Mom! There's a bag here! And there's 100 euro bills sticking out of it. There's not a one of us who wouldn't go, hallelujah. <laughs> we would enjoy what it would feel like to have that kind of money. How'd you get it? Somebody drops off a million euros Drops it off at your house. Praise God. Amen. God's good. Amen. <laughs> That's what you'd say. But if you got it by a lottery ticket, shame, shame, shame on you. I believe it with all my heart. It doesn't belong in the Christian's ethos. Conclusion. Living by luck is a sin. You just We don't live by luck. We live by grace through faith. Um. Don't listen to your heart and throw away your money into the den of thieves called the lottery. Every time somebody goes up there and puts five euros down, uh, two euros, ten euros goes down there, you're throwing your money into a den of thieves. Even, even if somebody wins, they don't even get all the money that they are supposed to win. The government still takes 40% out right off the top. Live by faith and in God, not in lady luck. You say you're a Christian. That's what we do. We live by faith. If you love to gamble, if you love just the thrill of you got on, on, on the, the lotto millions, euro millions, you got six out of the seven numbers. <laughs> you get such a rush on that, you need to confess it as sin. That is an addiction. That is an addiction. You need to talk to Tony. We have an addiction program. Amen. An addiction is an addiction is a sin. Amen. It's not, well, it's gambling. It's a sin. And it can, you can't be free from it. You just got to see it as sin and not just, well, I've, I've, I've got this problem. No, you got to sin. And you can be free. Now, what if you ever did win a lottery? I got three things for you. <clears throat> you ready? What do you do if you ever won the lottery? Here comes Dennis. Dennis says, Pastor, I accidentally won the lottery. You did not. You win. You bought it, you liar. I accidentally won a lottery, and I've got 50,000 euros. What do you do? Number one, give it back. You do not have to claim it. Did you know that? That's different. Somebody wants to be fool enough and spend their money on my benefit. Go ahead. No. Here's the point. If you win the lottery, you don't have to take it. Why would you not take it? Because it's a curse. You're taking money that you didn't earn. You've stolen it. I believe that with all my heart. Yes, they're willingly giving it to you, so you're not really stealing. You're not going to go to jail for it. But God says you work and then you get wealth. If you didn't work for it, run from it. There's a curse. So number one, if you ever did win the lottery, you can refuse it. Secondly, give it away. If you got, if Dennis <clears throat> phoned me up, Dennis Covers told me, I got 50,000 years, what am I going to do? I'd say, give it all away. Don't hold on to it. Don't live off of it. Don't make it yours. Give it away. Secondly, number three, if you ever did win the lottery, after you give it away, get back to work, get back to your job, and get back to normal. Don't ever do that again. Because I believe gambling is a sin. Do you see? If you ever say, let me keep put you an example. Here's um, uh, I don't know, I don't know. here's Tony. Tony phones up and says, Pastor, um, 
You're going to hate me for this, but I'm going to use you an illustration here. Tony says, I picked up a can of beer. I went and I bought a six-pack, and I got home, and I took a drink from it. You know what I'd say? Dump it down the toilet, don't you? Dump it down the toilet. Don't ever pick up another one again. Amen? It's the same way. You ever pick up a lottery ticket? Don't ever pick up another one again. You can be free. It is wrong to have done it, and you don't have to do it again. Amen? It's just that way. You've got to see it a little bit differently. And make sure that with all the gambling that's going on out there that you don't gamble with your soul. How do you gamble with your soul? You wait to get saved until tomorrow. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't play with eternity. Ask God. Say, God, am I saved? Am I born again? Do I even know where I'm going when I die? You see, if, you're, if you don't know, you're gambling with your soul. And God asks, don't you gamble with it. He paid the ultimate price so that you could be born again. All you have to do is look to him and say, God, have mercy on me, a sinner, and save me. No more gambling, no more risking. You got a gift. See, that is worth getting. Amen? Anybody got a question about gambling? Yes, my, uh, uh, Barry. Um, I don't know where to draw the line there because they, they have these table quizzes where people sit down and they walk away. Um, I, I, I stay away from stuff like that. It sounds like fun. And, yeah, somebody always wins and it's a lot of fun. And people, I think Christians are supposed to be so different. But say say if somebody phones you up and says, um, what's his name? Um, uh, Kenny, Kenny, Pat Kenny. Pat Kenny phones you up, Barry. He says, Barry... We've got a game show we're starting called uh, The Bearded Men's uh, um, Spin the Wheel. So, <laughs> and um, uh, Barry, if you just come, it doesn't cost you anything, you just come and you smile on TV and you spin that wheel. If you land on a four, you get 4,000 euros. If you land on a nine, you get 9,000 euros. Okay, all right. They're, they're making money off of you being made fun of. And being on there, and they're giving you a bit of bit of bit of money off of it. I, I, I don't know. Uh, I think it's not the same as gambling because you're not risking your money. You're not risking God's money. It's not a good testimony, I don't think. Um, but it's kind of one of those gray areas. And the Bible says if it has the appearance of sin, run from it. And all that that stuff may have the appearance of sin. It may be innocent. So I don't know. I don't know. I wish I had an answer for you on that thing. All right? But if you're taking your money, if you're taking 10,000 euros and risking it all on some stupid company, and you're risking it all on the promises, and not by the work of these people, but on the promises of it, you're gambling. All right? That's the problem. That's where the problem comes in. Anybody else got a question? Yes, ma'am. That's right. That's right. It is a lottery and it is wrong. And churches do it because their people don't tithe. You know, if, if everybody just tithe, you'd never have any financial problems. God promises that. So I would never turn to a raffle. You'll never have you'll never find us having a raffle. All right. Some churches don't even think about it. They go, Oh, it's just a harmless little raffle. It's a lottery. It is a lottery, it is gambling. I saw another hand go up. Anybody else? Marcus. Is it wrong for job seekers to claim benefit? No, because when you've worked, and, and in the program, it depends on how long you're looking for work, uh, there is a program that you have paid into that you're getting back out of. I believe that you, don't, you should only have so long that you should be able to access that money, and then you starve. But that's called a buffer. And that's why the government takes money out of people's wages and their pay packets, and they put it into a fund to pay you if you get laid off. And it's all part of the system. But a lot of people don't don't care about that. They just stay in the system. They just keep taking money, and that's wrong. So it is part of, it's not just welfare. There are people who've never worked a day in their life, and yet they live up a welfare. And that, if they can work, that is stealing. Okay? 
But if you're on Job Seekers Allowance and you've been part of employment or you're seeking employment, yeah, that's what the system's there for, okay? There's abuse in it, but it's, it's supposed to be helping people. Unfortunately, people are addicted to the system instead of to work. Brother Tony. Is it okay to sue? The only time that you're not allowed to sue is to, a, to, a, to another believer. Okay? And yes, it is okay to sue uh, when you've been defrauded, when somebody's taken advantage of you. Uh, if somebody sells you a tin of beans and inside it's a, it's a tin of octopuses, you know, and uh, you don't want that. Uh, or you open it up and it's got a rat in it or something, and you sue on, on traumatic uh, grounds. Um, because it was, they, they told you the wrong thing or they made you sick, uh, or the, the, you know, the company didn't take care of you, there is a time to sue, yes. All right? Yeah, see, as a Christian, yeah, I, I, I hope you understand. Aren't we blessed that we aren't... I mean, how, how many of us need to be suing anybody? It's the reason why, I mean, maybe we're small, we're not a large population, but honestly, Christians don't sue. Honestly, somebody... I look, if, if, if somebody tips my car, you know, and just bangs the car, man, I'm not going to sue them. Now, if I tip somebody else, you could just see the euro symbols go in their eyes. They can't wait to sue me. So we should be that different where we're not looking to sue. Look, if, somebody, if somebody's kid is running around here and they fall, and boy, they just they get blood all over their face or whatever, and their mom comes up to me and sues me, well, we've got insurance to cover that because of that. But if my kid falls... My grandkids falls. I mean, here's John over there. I mean, we're just going to wipe them off and go off. We just don't normally sue. To live. Yeah, without that. And it is right. Yes, the Bible says an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. If somebody has taken advantage of you and you are now out of a job and you cannot work, they need to pay for that. Yes. Because of your job. Yes. Exactly. All right? These are little details. It's just kind of funny. It's just kind of funny that that uh, we actually have answers. All we need to decide is that the answer is not in gambling. That's where the answer is, all right? Let's stand. Let's bow and pray.